Now on News Talk, as part of our autumn season of documentary on News Talk, producer and playwright Brian Gallagher explores the battle of wits that takes place between a psychiatrist and a clever and challenging patient in the radio drama Duet. Dr. Oh, God, not now. Ah, Claire, that was prompt. I was just heading for my office. Sorry to divert you, but there's someone I'd like you to see. Not right now. Afraid so. Odd one, really. Found sitting in a darkened room, listening repeatedly to songs from old musicals. No previous history of psychiatric illness, according to his GP. I have a heavy caseload just now. Haven't we all? Going to take him on myself, but he became abusive. Bolshy type. Might be the sort to respond to your progressive approach. Really? Worth a try. That's his file there. Have a look through it, then call in to him, would you? Right. Soon as you can, Claire. And keep me posted. Sounds like an interesting case. Okay. That's all I need. Another interesting case. But a Hello. Hello. I'm Dr. Bradley. That's nice. Claire Bradley. Mr. O'Donoghue, isn't it? Unless you've got the wrong file. May I have a seat? Look, I told the other doctor... I know. It's Dr. Masterson. I'm not ready for cross-examining. I told him that. I know. Then why are you here? I'd like to help. You people don't listen. I'm not ready. I, I, I'm not ready yet. I didn't come here to cross-examine you. I thought we might have a chat. Not right now. And I said that to Masterson. He has a hospital to run. He has to try new staff when he has them. Yeah, let's get our priorities right. When it suits the doctors, slot in the patients. It's not really like that. No? It isn't any hospital I've known. Not here. Honestly. Oh, honestly. The doctors here listen to their patients' wishes. Like Masterson. Any patient here is pain through the nose. And you're the ones lining your pockets at our expense. So if you don't mind, I'll see you when it suits me. Mr O'Donoghue, I got up at half six this morning to prepare for an eight o'clock staff meeting. I drove to a clinic that lasted all morning. I had ten minutes for lunch, after which I spent nearly two hours with a 13-year-old who tried to take his own life. After which I drove here for another meeting, after which I came to see you. There are people besides yourself needing attention. Then attend to them. Don't let me interrupt your busy schedule. Look, I didn't mean to snap at you. I'm sorry. It's been a long day and I'm tired. All right. We don't have to talk right now about whatever problems you may have. In fact, you and I don't have to be the ones to talk at all. If you'd prefer, I can get someone else to... Analyse me. I was going to say line their pockets at your expense. Look, I'm not myself just now. I, I, I don't mean to be rude. That's OK. What's the CD? Oh, the new moon. Do you like Romberg? I thought you weren't going to question me. OK, OK. Let's leave it for now. Oh, talking of mistakes, did you know Romberg made a mistake in the new moon? No. What was it? Why don't we get together for a talk in the morning? I'll tell you then if you haven't figured it out. What sort of a mistake? Um, a mistake of nationality. Shall we say ten in the morning? A mistake of nationality? I'm giving no more hints. I've probably said too much already. Ten o'clock then? Yeah. OK. See you then. The sky was blue and high above The moon was new Good morning. Good morning. How are you feeling? All right. Sleep okay? Yes, they gave me something and uh, 
I know what you're hoping for. What's that? You think you can pull a fast one, trick me into wanting to see you, create an interest with your question about the new moon and get in that way. I can see your tactics. And I don't like being manipulated. I don't want to manipulate you. I want to help you. Maybe I don't need your help. Why are you here then? My GP sent me here. Why was that? I was overwrought. I, I, I need a rest. What has you overwrought? Various things. I just need some time to get myself sorted out. All right. You have a wife and child, haven't you? Yes. Where were they when your GP arrived? They're off visiting my wife's sister. Where's she? Wolverhampton. So they don't know you're here? No. Right. Are they coming back? No. Not at the moment. You may as well be the first to know. Was there a row? We don't... We didn't get on very well. Now we've parted and I'm a bit upset. That's normal enough, isn't it? Yes. So I just need a bit of time, that's all. And then? I'll get sorted out. I'll be okay again. Look, you said yourself that it's normal to be upset. Is it normal to sit in the dark playing songs day and night till your doctor is sent for? I was... Uh, I was lost in time. I want to help you. I can help you. But first you must let me. Why must I let you? I'm not committed here, am I? There aren't any bars in the windows. No. Then I don't have to let you. I can leave any time I like. If you wish. I think it might help, though, if you told me what has you upset. I told you already. My marriage has just broken up. What about other problems? I've none. So, what was the mistake in the new moon? Oh, I'd forgotten that. Well, you know how the show is set in New Orleans and it's a French colony? Right. Not so, I'm afraid. In 1788, when the musical set, it was a Spanish possession. Really? Afraid so. How did you know that? My father had the Nelson Eddy Jeanette MacDonald record. He thought they were wonderful. Anyway, my sister was really keen on history when she was about 12 and she used to point out the inaccuracy every time he played the record. She nearly drove him crazy. But you said Romberg made the mistake. Well, he wrote The New Moon, didn't he? Only the music. The book was written by Hammerstein, Mandolin, Schwab. Sounds like a firm of New York attorneys. Nevertheless, it would have been their mistake, not Romberg's. Just for the record. I stand corrected. Look, Bill... May I call you, Bill? May I call you... What is it? Claire, yes, if you like. OK, Claire, you may call me Bill. Look, Bill, to get back to our subject, you said you could leave here, and that's true. And you said you could sort yourself out, and possibly that's true too, but it's unlikely. No, uh, please, hear me out. If you leave here without being properly treated, you'll be back here, or somewhere like here, in a week, a month, or whatever. So my advice is don't put it off. You're here now. I'm here now. And I want to help you face whatever difficulties you have. We can do it gently at your pace. And if you don't like how things are going, you can call a halt. What do you say? If I want to pull out, we just stop. No arguments. No arguments. OK, then. OK. Why don't you make yourself comfortable on the sofa? I'll bring the chair over. Now... Can I just get some information on your background? All right. Tell me about your job. I'm deputy head of HR in Commutex. Commutex, what do they do? We make computer components. Is the company profitable? Yes, very. Money's not a problem. Do you like the work? Yes. Is it stressful? 
Yes, sometimes, but I, I, I don't mind that. Do you work long hours? Yes, that goes with the job. You said you were deputy head. How do you get on with the head? Norman and I work very well together. What about your family? Any brothers or sisters? One sister, one stepbrother. Do you see them often? Uh, not often. Catherine is with EMI in London and Robert is in real estate in Chicago. OK. So which of your parents remarried? My father, a couple of years after my mother died. And how old were you when she died? Eight. I see. And your stepmother? By the time my father remarried, I was in boarding school, so I didn't see that much of her. She, she was OK, though. Do you see her now? No, she died several years ago. And your father? He died three months ago. Oh, I'm sorry. That's OK. What did he work at? He ran his own import agency. Were you close to your father? Yes. Were you close to yours? Is that really relevant? No, I'm beginning to feel I'm in the dock here. I'm doing all the revealing. It's, it's, it's very unequal. OK. I'll tell you what. Obviously, I have to ask most of the questions, but any time you really want to know something about me, you can ask and I'll answer you. Is that fair enough? Maybe. And in reply to your question, yes, I'm very close to my father. I have two sisters and a brother, and they always claimed I was the favourite and that he spoiled me. And they're probably right. OK? OK. Now, I know this may be a bit painful to talk about, but I need to know how long you've been married. Ten years. Any children? A baby girl. Well, she's 18 months now. What's her name? Moira. OK. Tell me about your wife. Her name is Maeve. She works in an office. She's five years younger than me. She can look very pretty when she wants. She talks too much. We fought a lot. She's left me now. Would it be easier for you to talk about her if I left her a recorder? No, it wouldn't. All right. You said you fought a lot. What sort of things did you fight about? The demands of my job. Her being untidy. In-laws. Stuff like that. OK, let's have a fight. What? It's a form of therapy called play enactment. I'll be your wife, you be you. Let's have ourselves a fight. Look, I don't know about this. You don't know about anything, do you, Bill? Unless it's to do with commutex. Come on, join in. I've got a job too, you know, and I look after the baby and run the house and you want me dolled up to the nines as well. You do, don't you? No. Yes, you do. You expect me to come in here, have your dinner served up, more bathed and put to bed and I'm still supposed to look like a model. Look, this is ridiculous. You're damn right it's ridiculous. You treat this place like a restaurant. You come home for your dinner at God knows what time and you haven't a word to throw to a dog. I'm like a waitress here. That's not true. What time do you come home? Are you here at six each evening? No, it's not that kind of job. You can say that again. I'm tired of it, Bill. If it's not silence, it's talk about the company. Norman this, Norman that, Comitex this, Comitex that. It's my career, for Christ's sake. It's your whole life, Bill. I'm tired of being second fiddle. I'm tired of Comitex. Comitex pays the rent. We pay the rent. I earn a salary, too. If that pay the rent, we'd be living in a kip. Sit down. Your dinner's ready. Sit down. Look, this might be okay for some people. But not for you. Not for Bill O'Donoghue. He has to have a lovely house and a big job and a wife who's always made up and beautifully dressed. What's wrong with looking well? if it wasn't all for show. For show? Why the hell does anyone get dressed if not for show? For show, like your fancy car and your fancy suits and your fancy house. It makes me feel like another possession. That's crazy talk. Is it? Absolutely. Then why do you make me feel small? I don't. You do. I'm me, Bill, and I can't be someone I'm not. It's me you married, and I'm not your mother or any... Leave my mother out of this. I'm not going to be the way she was for your father. Just leave them out of it. That's it. 
I've had enough. You've had enough? Let me tell you... No, I'm not playing this game. It's over. Over. You said any time I wanted to call a halt, I could. Well, I am. I'm calling a halt now. Okay, Bill. Okay. Enough's enough. Sure. Sure. And I really don't see how this stuff could possibly help. Please, just trust me that I wouldn't do anything that wouldn't help you. Really. And we've done a lot for a first session. Now, I think we'll call it a day. Right. I'll be in tomorrow morning, about the same time. Oh, by the way, I meant to ask you, what are your favourite musicals? Why? Just interested in your taste. Well? There are lots. Top three, say. Showboat, Carousel and South Pacific. OK. See you tomorrow. Excuse me, Claire, I have to take this quickly. Jim, I'm in a meeting, can't chat. I had to switch tea time to 4.30. Is that OK? Great. OK, see you then. Sorry about that. I'm sure it was important. Anyway, back to Bill O'Donoghue. He needs careful handling. But on the other hand, we mustn't shirk getting to the heart of the matter. I agree. But your initial assessment was right. He's complex. And I think he'll respond better to an approach that's... Unorthodox. Let's say a bit of flexibility might be helpful. I'd still like a preliminary diagnosis. Label him correctly? Don't be cynical, Claire. Someday you may find yourself running a hospital, at which time you won't have the luxury of indulging your liberal stances. I'll give you a written report when I've sorted all my notes. Please do. When are you seeing him again? Tomorrow morning. Good. I look forward to following your progress. Good morning, Bill. Good morning. How are you? All right. Can we have a chat? I don't want to act out any scenes. That's all right. Today we'll just talk. I thought we'd start with something pleasant. Yeah? Yes. Last time we looked at marital strain, today I'd like you to share a good memory with me. A happy moment with Maeve. I haven't had too many lately. It needn't be lately. Any time. When I got promoted to deputy head of HR, we went for a meal with Norman Jackson and his wife. We got there first and sat in this restaurant overlooking the sea. It was twilight and the sea was a beautiful blue. And I turned to Maeve and she looked really well. There was candlelight and her eyes seemed to be sparkling. She was so full of life and she was happy for me. And I was pleased at my promotion and I don't know, it, it was just, it was just a good moment. Okay, that's fine. Let me ask you about something else you find pleasant. What is it that attracts you to songs from old shows? I love music. Yes, but why songs from shows in particular? Why not? Seems very specific. It's the kind of music I like. To the exclusion of Beethoven, the Beatles, everything else? If I said I loved dry white wine, you wouldn't ask me why not vodka, champagne or port, would you? That's a clever analogy, but I think it's skirting the issue. It's just the kind of music that, that makes me feel good. In what way? I don't know. I just, I, I just like it. I think perhaps you do know. Don't hold back, Bill. Please. I'm not. Look, with most people you have to be on your guard, but not with me. I'm your doctor. Bill, it's not good for you to hold things back. Then why does everyone do it? Everyone doesn't. Yes, they do. I do, you do, Dr Masterson does. Everyone does. 
but not in the same way. Oh, it's okay for you to hold things back, but not for me. That's not what I said. Yeah, but that's what it boils down to. Don't do as I do, do as I say. I've already said I'd answer any questions you had. Are you married? N- no. With someone? No. Why not? Come on, you said you'd answer. All right. I suppose I'm not married because I'm so busy. My job takes up so much of my time. Our busy people don't get married. Well, yes, they do. Then that's not the reason, is it? My career is time-consuming. I don't have a lot of time for a social life. And the people you meet during working hours are loonies. Uh, that's a cheap shot. Yeah, well, maybe it is. But you're trying to snow me. I don't know why you're not married, but it's not just because you're busy. So don't insult my intelligence. With all your talk about honesty and openness, you don't do it yourself. I... No. So don't talk to me about holding back. In fact, don't talk to me about anything. I'm not in the mood now. Look, I just... I'm not in the mood. OK. Good morning, then. Yeah, good morning. Hello. Hello. About this morning... No. No, listen, Bill, please. You were right. I was holding back. I've done a lot of thinking. Yeah? You've made me face some things. Things I'd been avoiding. I'll tell you the truth now if you still want to hear it. Do you want to hear it? Yes. May I sit? Please. Well, this isn't easy. No, it's not, is it? You asked why I wasn't married and I said I've been too busy. That wasn't a lie. I do have a very busy lifestyle. But it wasn't the whole truth either. I know. The truth is I... I've avoided it because I didn't want to lose control. Of what? Of my life. To get involved with someone, to be in love, you leave yourself wide open. If it works out, it's wonderful, but if it doesn't, you can really get hurt. Too true. I'd been in a couple of relationships and I got to hate the way my happiness, the whole balance of my life, depended on someone else. I got hurt each time and without sitting down and consciously deciding it, I more or less chose to avoid risking more hurt. So what did you do? My work was time-consuming but fulfilling, so I let it become more time-consuming. I've drifted into a lifestyle where I don't have too much contact with eligible men. And those you do have contact with? I... I suppose I keep them at arm's length. Don't you have any social life? Oh, yes. I go swimming, to the theatre... Sometimes for weekends with friends. But no men? I meet men socially, but I'm wary of relationships. Because a couple of men you cared for hurt you? Yes. I'd say it was their loss. Thank you. I hadn't really admitted my attitude to myself, but you made me face up to it. Where does that leave you? A bit more aware of what I'm doing. You think that's good? Painful, but good. I'll probably still be defensive, but I think maybe I'll be a little more open-minded. See what happens. I hope you don't get hurt over what I did. It won't be your fault if I do. It's just the way life is. It'll be the same for you. How do you mean? For you, or for any of us. To live properly, you have to confront things that are painful, and that's scary because it hurts. I really want to help you, Bill, but it can't be done painlessly. Why not? 
because a fundamental step is dealing with painful memories. The first move towards peace of mind is facing what makes you uncomfortable. It sounds like dwelling on your problems. No, it's like it's like having a thorn in your skin. You may be able to stop the bleeding, but until it's removed, you won't heal. You've bled, Bill, but the thorn isn't gone. I've been thinking a lot about what you've said. All the indicators. The what? Indicators, clues, subtle pointers. They all suggest the same thing. What's that? That your marriage breakup may not be the main problem, even though it's what brought you here. Well, your clues suggest that? Yes. What are you, a, a doctor or a detective? Doctors and detectives try to find the truth. Sometimes I have to be a bit of both. Jesus, not my doctor, Sherlock Holmes. Bill, I'm on your side. So you keep saying... Please, it's no use getting angry. No? It's a defence mechanism and it keeps us from the real problems. My marriage breaks up and you say that's not a real problem. Of course it is. What I said was that your marriage isn't the underlying problem. It's a bit rich, you know, being lectured on marriage by someone who doesn't even date. That's not really... Lectured by someone who, what was the phrase, is wary of relationships? That was said in confidence. So were the indicators I let slip. There's a difference. Yeah, your private life is private. But mine is under a microscope, being lectured on marriage by someone who's afraid of men. Christ! That's out of line. Oh, is it? Is it really? Don't fancy your own medicine, do you? Stop it, Bill, please. It's okay to pry into other people's lives, but when it comes to Miss Frigid herself... That's enough! Celibate Dr Bradley of arm's length fame. Enough! We're finished for today. Yeah, don't fancy being on the receiving end, do you? There's nothing to be gained in going on this way. Yeah, well, good. That's right. Run off home and be busy there. Seeing as that's your defence mechanism... I'm not always going to be the loser. Not always. Come in. I shouldn't have stormed out yesterday. I don't normally do that, okay? Okay, Bill? No. Yesterday wasn't okay. I'm... I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. That's all right. No. I want to say things, tell you things, but I... I go round in circles, and then... Then I attack, because I'm scared to open up. I know. And now I'm scared. Scared I let my chance pass. How do you mean? That... That I'll drive you away with all my... No. I'm here for as long as it takes. You promise? I promise. You want to unburden yourself, don't you? Yes, but... But it's hard. Because another part of you wants to hold back. Yes. Maybe I can make it a little easier. How? It's a way other patients have found helpful. What is it? You sit here on the bed. No, no, with your back to me, okay? Okay. I'll sit here in the chair. You don't have to look around. All you have to do is answer yes or no. Instead of telling me your story, I'll tell you what I think it might be. I don't know. Please, let's try it, Bill. All right? Okay. Right. Now, try, try to relax. We'll start with the music. I think you play those old songs because they make you feel secure. Because they bring you back to a time when you felt safer, happier, when everything seemed to be okay. Would that be right? Yes. I think those songs were played a lot during your childhood. Sung a lot in the house, yes? Yes. I think all those songs that are really special were sung at home 
And that the person who sang them all was your mother? No. Your father? No. Your mother and your father? Yes. And your father's party piece was to sing My Boy Bill from Carousel? Yes. And your mother would sing Just My Bill to you? Yes. You loved her very much? Yes, both of them. Both of them. They, they, they do duets. Go on. At, at parties, they'd sing together. My mother, she had a beautiful voice. She was in the new moon when she met my father in, in a musical society. There was always music in the house and parties and people coming and singing and it was always happy, full of life. And sometimes if I woke up and came downstairs during a party, my mother would let me stay up. She'd wrap me in a blanket and sit me on her knee and sing away and, and my father would toss my hair and laugh and sing My Boy Bill. And I just felt so safe and happy and, and part of things. I want to feel that way again. I've wanted to ever since then and I can't. Why can't you, Bill? I, I, I just can't. Why is that? Because that's gone now. And I'm on my own. I'm on my own. It's okay, Bill. It's okay. That's all right. Here, take a tissue. Thanks. I'm, <laughs> I'm all right. I, I, I'm all right now. After your mother died, Bill, did you become close to your father? We were already close. It must have been a very tough time. Yes. And then your father remarried? Yes. How were things then? All right. My stepmother tried, but things could never be the same again. Was it then you started playing the music? No, not really. When then? Not till I was older, but only occasionally. Not like now. When did you start using it intensively? Just recently. Would you know when precisely? Does the exact date really matter? I'd just like to know. Sometime. Sometime between Christmas and the New Year. When did your father die, Bill? October. And your wife, how did she react to that? She was sorry that he died. But they weren't close? Not close, no. They were different types. In what way? Dad was very much the businessman. Sophisticated, hard-driving, very competitive. They were just different types. Did that come between you and your wife? Sometimes. Just go back to the music, Bill. Why do you think you started using it intensively when you did? Well, like you said, it was a, it was a sort of a consolation, a comfort, a link with good things. But what brought it on at that particular time? My father had died. I was feeling low. But he died in October, Bill. So? You said you only started at the end of December. What the hell is this? The third degree? I'm just trying to establish... October, December, what the hell is the difference? He died. My father died, I was upset. I'm entitled to be upset if my father dies, aren't I? Of course. Then for God's sake, don't grill me. I... I needed support. A crutch, something to get me through. It's a blur. I don't know, maybe... Maybe it was November. Jesus, I wasn't making notes. Okay, Bill. Maybe we've done enough for today. 
I think we have. You've been very brave. We've done a lot. And I'm grateful, Bill. For what? That you've shared with me such private moments. It sounds like you had a lovely family. We had. We had. Let me ask you one last question. Please. Okay. Apart from the shock, what did you feel most when your father died? I... I felt a sense of loss. I... I loved him. When he died? Yes. And now? What are your feelings towards him now? The same. The same, of course. I, I, I'm tired now. I'm, I'm really tired. I've, I've had enough. Okay, Bill, okay. Why don't you lie back and do the breathing exercises? Come on, it'll help. Just breathe out. And in. Breathe out. And in. Slowly. You're listening to Duet on News Talk 106 to 108. Than starlight, are you warmer than winds of June? Not a gentle you Good morning. Good morning. You sound a bit down. Do I? Look, our last session was revealing. Getting together today was always going to feel a little awkward. Last time we spoke, we discussed family relationships. Could you tell me what was the pecking order in your family during childhood? Catherine, me, Mam and my dad, with Dad as head of the house. Would that have been important to him? Yes, it probably would. And he'd have had high expectations of you? Yes. And when he died, Bill, just to get back to something we touched on yesterday, that was at the beginning of October, wasn't it? October the 3rd. And you felt sad? Naturally. After a couple of months, say, did you feel more sad or a little better? I... I don't know. Was there a sudden realisation of loss after a while? Delayed shock? Not really. It took a while to come to terms with it. But in the weeks immediately after his death, you didn't start playing the music? No, I... I, no. That wasn't till December? I told you yesterday, I'm not sure of the dates... But it probably wouldn't have been during the months of October or November, would it? I don't think so. The point I'm making, Bill, is that it seems odd. What? You don't think there was delayed shock? You didn't feel sadder in December than October? And yet the intensive playing of music didn't happen for two months? I... I don't know why. Is there anything you can think of that might have further upset you? No, no. Something must have happened, Bill. I said no. Well, it's just that... Just nothing. You're not God Almighty. You don't know everything. I've told you what happened. Why can't you believe me? All right, Bill. All right. Just, if anything occurs to you, anything at all... There's nothing to occur. Sometimes on reflection, things come to you. Think about it, Bill. Please. It could be important. It could be very important in sorting things out. I'll call in tomorrow, Okay. Okay. Yeah, Okay. Right. See you in the morning. Look, Claire, I'm not instructing you. He is your patient. That's right. But I do feel that matters must be brought to a head. I'm off on leave tomorrow, so I'd like us to agree where we're going with this. I really think you must confront the Oedipal factor. 
It's clearly the source of his problem. I know. It's just how best to handle it. I'd like to give it more thought. How much more? Let me think it over tonight, then I'll definitely confront it at tomorrow's session, okay? All right. With any luck, I may have good news for you when you return. I hope so. I certainly hope so. How are you feeling this morning? Okay. Any further thoughts on what I asked you? Not really. We're at a crucial stage, Bill. I need you to act out another scene with me. No. I know. I know you don't like it. But it's valuable. It really is. Just bear with it one last time. Please? All right, then. Good man. Can we move the chairs down here? Yeah, okay. Just here. That's fine. I want this to be your house when you were about eight. I'd like you to imagine you were that age. Try to remember how that felt, right? Okay. I'd like to act out a particular scene. What scene? Did you ever get a bad report from school? Not really. One bad subject in an otherwise okay report? Yeah, yeah, that happened all right. What subject? Say, geography. Okay. The scene is us discussing that. Who are you going to be? Your mother. I know it seems weird, but just trust me, please. All right. Sit down, Bill. We need to have a chat about this report. We're a bit concerned about your geography result. What happened? I did okay in everything else. Geography was a hard paper. No harder for you than the other boys. No, I suppose not. You know, Bill, the dad works very hard. Yes, I know. Part of that is to pay for your fees so you can attend a really good school. It means a lot to him that you do well. I did pretty well at all the other subjects. I I mean, I can't be good at everything. You did better at geography last time. Dad says you got 67% last year. Yeah, but does that mean I always have to get that mark? No, but we want you to do well. I know you, you think Dad's a bit strict about your studies, don't you? Well, yes. It's because he cares for you. It's for your own good. He doesn't want you coming bottom of the class. Can you understand that? Yes, but... But what, Bill? But shouldn't he care anyway? How do you mean... Well, if there are 25 boys in the class, someone has to come first and 10th and 25th. Shouldn't he care for me wherever I come? You don't think he does? I suppose he does. We both do, Bill. It's because I love you that I'm saying all this. You know I love you, don't you? Yes, I know. Well? And I love you too. And Dad? Yes. Yes, Dad too. Then try and see it from his point of view and work on your weak points. Okay. You're the apple of his eye, really, you know that? Yes, it's just... What? Well, sometimes if, say, I don't play well in a match or get on the debating team, he... he acts... Acts what? Disappointed. Like I've let him down. And do you feel you have? Not if I've done my best. But you think he still feels let down? Yeah. What makes you feel that? Just the difference. What difference? Between how he is if I get an A in maths, I get on the first team. And if I don't... How is he different? Just not as friendly. Just it, it, it's not as nice then. What else? That's all. There's nothing else about Dad that's upsetting you? No. OK. Well, I'll leave you to have a man-to-man chat, so... Huh? How do you mean? Dad's just arrived home. You stay here. He'll be into you. Look, I, I don't... Ah, there you are, Bill. Mam's left us to have a bit of a chat. So... Didn't make the grade in geography. No, it was a hard paper and I... Hold on, hold on. 
Never make excuses, Bill. That's what losers do. If you fail geography because you didn't put in the effort, then say that. All right, I failed geography because I didn't put in the effort. That's better. Now, what do you think would happen if I didn't put in the effort in my job? You, you wouldn't do well. I'd go to the wall and then we'd all suffer. You've got to think of others besides yourself, Bill. If you fail, others get hurt too. Isn't that right? Who gets hurt if just once I fail geography? I do. Your mother does. It costs a lot to send you to a top-class school. I was happy in my old school. You don't get on being happy with what's second rate, do you? I can only do what I'm able to do. And what's that? Joining the losers? Signing on the dole? Watching daytime television? No. Then what? Making my own way, doing the best I can, but not flogging myself. I never asked you to flog yourself. You did. What? You always pick on me. Pick on you? You don't hound Catherine like this. I always treat you and your sister equally. No. You're softer on her. You don't expect half as much. If she loses a hockey match, it's no big deal. She doesn't have to be captain of her team, top of her class. It's not the same. Yeah, she licks up to you. What? She always does what she thinks will please you. Such as? Such as selling out. Selling out on what? Selling out on me. When did she do that? After Mam died, we made a pact. We said we'd never call anyone else Mammy. Three months after the wedding, she was calling Eleanor Mammy. She let me down. She always does. You made a pact against Eleanor? Not against Eleanor. With Catherine. But she suited herself, curried favour. You blame her for liking Eleanor? I blame her for not standing by me. She was a child. Child or adult, you couldn't count on her. You think everyone's against you? I know who won't be there when the going gets rough. Such as? Such as my wife, my sister, my... Your father? I didn't say that. You thought it, didn't you? No, I... You thought it, Bill? No. Yes, Bill, yes. No, no, this is crap. I've had enough. No, Bill, we're getting there. Don't stop now. I can't act out these scenes. I've had it. I've had it, do you hear? We're nearly there, Bill. You said you'd stop. Don't go back in your word, too. It's just... No just. No more acting. That's it. No more acting. Good. We're nearly at the source of your problems, Bill. You know that in your heart. But there's one final step needed. No. No more. You're not going to take that step in acting scenes or in conversation, so... So what? So I'd like you to let me hypnotise you. Jesus. You've trusted me till now, Bill. Trust me one more time. I promise it will help. No. I've done enough for today. No, Bill, today's the day. We're on the brink. Don't pull back now. It's too... I I just don't want to do it. You can't tell me anything under hypnosis that you really don't want to tell me. Honestly, it's just a technique to relax you enough to release things, things that are poisoning you. I... I need time to think about it. It's better to plunge in. It takes guts, Bill, but you have guts. Take the plunge. I don't know. Do you trust me? Yes, but... Then do it. Trust me enough to say yes. Please. Okay. Okay. Over here. Onto the sofa. That's it. Here, lean back on a cushion. Okay. Now, close your eyes and breathe out deeply. Keep breathing slowly and deeply. Now, can you hear me? Yes. Good. And when I say A, B, C, you'll wake up. Do you understand? Yes. I want you to go back in time, Bill. Back to when you were eight and your mother died. How do you think your father acted then? Sad. Heartbroken. And how should he have acted towards you? He tried to shield me from the worst of the funeral in that. No, I mean, after all that, what did you expect from him? To look after us. You thought you might become closer. We were close. But closer. That he might step into the breach with your mother gone. Did you hope for that? 
Yes. And did he? Did he step into the breach? No. Why do you think that was? He was too busy. And that hurt you? Yes. What was the worst part? He never sang again for me. My boy Bill? Nothing. He never sang anything again? No. He sang again. But not for me. The way he used to toss my hair and say this song was for his pal. Did he blame you in some way for your mother's death? No. No, my mother died of a heart attack. It wasn't my fault. Did he ever tell you that he loved you? No, he wasn't that kind of a man. But I know he did. And the failure to draw closer, Bill, how did you respond? I, I tried to show I loved him. How did you do that? Trying to please him. Showing I could stand on my own two feet. Studying hard at my weak subjects. Playing a lot of rugby. But you didn't really want to play rugby? No, not really. And how long did you keep up this approach? I don't know. A long time? Yes. A lifetime? All your life, Bill? I don't know. You know, Bill. Was it all your life? Yes. How would you describe your feelings towards him? I admired him. He was successful. Everyone liked him. He had style, class. And right up to the end, even as an adult, you wanted to impress him? Yes, I suppose so. And that caused problems with your wife? Yes. They'd never really hit it off. She wasn't what he'd hoped for in a daughter-in-law. What did he feel she was lacking? Sophistication. How exactly? Just that she wasn't in his league, not his social class. Did you think that? Sometimes. But Dad wasn't very good at making allowances. Why did she leave you, Bill? She, she couldn't take any more arguments. About what? About me not, not revealing things. What sort of things? Things that upset me. Worries, things I couldn't share. Like why you started listening for hours to old musicals? Yes. What happened? Everything came to a head. She said she just couldn't take it anymore. That I'd have to share things with her, or else herself and Maura would start a new life without me. What did you say? That I needed my time alone, that I needed my music. Did you explain why? I couldn't. Did you think she'd really leave? No. When she did, how did it happen? We'd been arguing for days. Then the Sunday before New Year's Eve, I went out for an hour. When I came back, they were gone. She just walked out on me. What was the first thing you felt? Let down. They always let you down. Who always let you down? People you're counting on. Like who? Like my wife, my sister. Like your father? Like your father? The truth, Bill, like your father? Yes. The instant that brought you here was caused by your father, wasn't it? Yes. We're going to go back and relive that, Bill. No. Yes, Bill, yes, we must do it. That's how we'll take away the pain. Do you understand? Yes. I want you to stand up, Bill. That's it. Now, we're going back in time to when this trouble began. When was it? Last November. In your father's house? Yes. This is it. This is the house. I want you to act out for me what happened. I came back one day, alone, about a month after the funeral. Come in. The place felt kind of eerie, empty without him. Where did you go in the house? My father's study. He kept his papers in the desk. I sat down. I needed some papers for the solicitor. I was the executor, and I went through all the drawers of his desk. I'd never done that before. I got the papers I needed, and then I... I found a locked drawer. 
Its key was loose in another drawer, and I unlocked it. What did you find? Letters, bound up in lots of about 20. They were private letters, and normally I wouldn't open someone else's mail. But you did? Yes. Who were they from? They were from my father to my Uncle Paddy in England. But your father had them? Paddy died three years ago. Aunt Julie must have sent them back. So you opened one? Yes. And Paddy and my father had been very close. They worked together in Birmingham. So I felt maybe it would help me understand Dad, learn more about him if I read his letters to his older brother. So you started reading? Yes. And like I thought, it showed a different side to him. In what way? More confiding. And what was in the letter? How his business was going, the fact that Mam was expecting another child. Your sister Catherine? Yes. I was fascinated. So I took all the letters and left. I brought them home, went into my study and started to read them. Did Maeve know about this? No. I always locked them in a drawer after I finished. The, the second letter I read that night was a shock. He was telling Paddy about a rugby match he'd attended. I'd been playing for the school. Go on, Bill. He called me. He said he was afraid I was a... a shirker. A shirker and a disappointment to him. The more I read, the more clear it was. Especially after Mam's death. But he just... What? He used me for scoring points. Like if I came first at maths or got a try, it was a reflection on him. And when I didn't, he'd tell Paddy what a letdown that was. Things like me being soft, afraid to fall in the ball, not manly enough... It's really hard to read stuff like that about yourself, especially from your own father. And you kept all this from your wife? Yes. For weeks I was reading the letters in my study. They made me depressed, but I just had to keep on. I couldn't stop, but I couldn't tell Maeve either. Why not? That would have confirmed to her what she said about him all along. I, I couldn't face that. Not that, and the hurt of the things he'd said about me. So she got fed up with me, being broody, and I... I couldn't share it with her. When did things come to a head? The Sunday before New Year's Eve. What happened? I went alone for a stroll by the river, sat on a bench, read another letter. The worst one yet. What was the letter about? He wrote to Paddy that I was getting married. He said that, that marrying Maeve, my taste must be in my mouth, that she'd no class, and he didn't relish having her as a daughter-in-law. And while he was getting it off his chest... He said I was a disappointment to him. He wished I turned out like Paddy's son, Tom, who had his own freight company, but that all I'd become was a clerk, and he despaired of me ever getting on. Jesus, it was so unfair. I'd worked my fingers to the bone to get on. I was doing well in the company. And Maeve? She may not have been a socialite, but she was lively and decent, and I was marrying her. Why couldn't he have found something good to say? I was devastated. I got up and walked to the water's edge. I really felt like stepping in. But I didn't. And the moment passed. I was despondent. In a daze. I can't remember the trip back, but I must have driven home. And when I got in, Maven Mora had left me. It was the final straw. I couldn't face any more. just sat there in the dark, listening to the music, trying to let it take me back to when things were good. But it couldn't. Nothing could bring that back now. So I just sat and sat. What did you think of your father at that moment? I thought, why couldn't he be ordinary? 
Why couldn't he let me be ordinary too and love each other like that? Why couldn't he accept me as I was? For Christ's sakes. What did he want of me? What more could I give? So finally, you were angry with him? Yes. Why did you feel you'd to hide that from everyone? Because I'd spent a lifetime justifying his faults, telling myself I was too sensitive to his criticism. I, I put him on a pedestal, and to shatter that image, I couldn't. I just couldn't face that. But now you can. Yes. Say it now. Say it. Say it, Bill. Now. Say it. I... I, I hate him. I f***ing hate him. I always hated him. I thought I'd loved him, but I hated him for making me hate myself for what I turned into. He never cared. Not about others. He didn't even bother to destroy those letters. Didn't mind that I might find them. All he cared about was travelling first class, fancy cars, a detached house, captain of the golf club, corporate hospitality, being recognised by head waiters and all... All that crap. All that stupid, meaningless garbage. I told myself all those years, all those wasted years, he was my father and I loved him, wanted to be like him. But part of me knew he deserted me. He was never there when I needed him. And all that time I couldn't admit it, but part of me hated him for being such a bastard. I hated him then and I hate him now. I hate him. I hate him. I f***ing hate him. Okay, Bill, okay, okay. A, B, C. Wake up now. It's all over. You're awake. And it's okay now. It's all right. We're going to make you better. Now we know the problem, we can deal with it. It's okay now, Bill. It's okay. We'll all be okay. Hello? Good evening, Claire. It's Edward. Oh, hello. Have a nice holiday? Yes, thoroughly refreshing. I have to satisfy my curiosity on the O'Donoghue case. Yes, well, trauma with the father, as we suspected. He's responding well to treatment, though. Should be discharged on Sunday. Good prognosis? In the long term, yes, I think so. Well done. Another vindication for the progressive approach. I wasn't aware my approach was on trial, but thank you all the same. Ever the combatant, Claire. But well done nonetheless. Have a nice weekend. Thank you. Patronising sod. Yes, here's to another successful case. And here's to you, Bill. I know I'll think of you when I hear those old songs. I'll think of you. And I hope you're doing well. But I won't forget you. No, I won't forget Bill. Duet was written and produced by Brian Gallagher. The part of Bill was played by Mark O'Regan. Claire Karanardov, Dr. Masterson, Michael James Ford. Sound engineering by Ross and Dave Doc O'Connor. This programme was funded by the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland with the television licence fee. If you've been affected by any issues raised by this programme, free phone the Samaritans on 116 123.